Hey everyone, it's Tony. It's David. And, and we're, we're Two Dudes, dudes Talking Disney. Disney. How's it going, Dave? It's good. It's been a while. It's a couple weeks. Been. I, uh, you're, you're back in the land of the living? Yeah, I had a temporary assignment, which uh, changed my schedule around. Yes. So and uh, we're back on track? Yes. Yes. For about the sixth time. Yeah. Seventh time now. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, Disney Plus. I we guess this is our post view. Post view? Yeah, we, we did a preview. Review. Review. Show. And uh, now, uh, now that it's live, it's been live for a little over two weeks. Week uh, three starts tomorrow. Yes. Uh, so what do you think? Uh, I'm a fan. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, how do you want to break this down? Should we go, you know, classical Disney, original content? Like, what do you think? Well, uh, what what are, what are your thoughts on the service overall as a ease of, of access and... Okay, now, I've had no problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, you know... Uh, via text message, Tony and I were up to date on when it launched. I was able to immediately access it without any problem. Uh, so I've had no problems technically. And that was at what, like four in the morning? Yes. You were up. Uh, conversely, I was on at eight thirty in the morning, and I had an issue setting up um, my profile, my avatar, and then who, it- who did you choose? I'm Flynn Rider. We are we are a uh, tangled family. Okay. I'm Flynn Rider. Cheryl's mother Gothel's Isabel's Rapunzel, and Lily is uh, the lizard Pascal. Okay. Um, because those were our Halloween costumes when we did the uh, Halloween cruise. Okay. A, a, a couple yeah. years back, um, and I immediately had an issue accessing shows, and then I decided to just step away from the computer for a while and go out into the real world. And then when I came back at like two, three o'clock, I've had, I've had no issues since. Now I can tell you that I do know of someone that had major issues. Oh really? Uh, unable to access for a, a good period of time, had a call, was on the phone for an hour with customer service, uh, you know, and uh, attempting to get on. And it took uh, about a week before the problem uh, that, that w- it was something with the user and the password and the wow yeah so uh, Bree is about a week behind the rest of us oh boy well yeah. being being on the phone only for an hour is a good thing because yeah. I've, I've heard uh, horror stories of people being on for seven eight nine hours trying to resolve problems and not getting any resolution yeah so uh, it, it took you know she's the only kind of person I know that had a problem if mm-hmm. you will like a major problem um, I as far as the content, you know, the old stuff's great. I mean, it's right. nice to have the library at your fingertips. Uh, I like the old cartoons that yep. are on there. Um, you know, the older Mickey, even the older Mickey ones. A um, couple things I'd like to see on there. Uh, Dick Tracy is not on there. Okay. A uh, big fan of Dick Tracy. Um, you know what? I actually I tweeted to Disney Plus, and they did not reply. But they should put the Disney... Uh, I'm going to say the Disney Channel, not right. meaning the the Disney Channel that we know of here. I mean the Disney channels that you get in the resort. The channels that just loop through. Yeah, with you know, like we must do Disney with Stacy. Right, uh, right. the, the park hours. The the I, I could sit here and leave that on the TV as background all day. Yeah, you know. Uh, so I I think that's something I would love to see them add. Uh, what about you? What is your of the older? Genre, uh, you know, I, I am I miss. Uh, I was really hoping that they would have a lot of like the Mickey Mouse Club type stuff and Spin and Marty and Zorro and you know, Baby those, Crockett is on there. It is, yes, it is because that was I, I believe made into a theatrical. They took all the shorts and made yeah. it into a theatrical film. Um, but a lot of a lot of the stuff, like I I enjoy. I remember in the seventies watching the old Mickey Mouse Club in reruns, and you know it was in black and white, and and I loved it. Um, 
like you, uh, you know, I'm also a fan of the classic cartoons. I think that nothing really beats the Mickey shorts from like the 40s and 50s, you know, late 40s, early 50s. Uh, you know, chopping down the Christmas tree with Chip and Dale and uh, some of the, you know, goofy, uh, you know, goofy learning how yep. to play baseball. Goofy yes. Teaching the, you, you know, the old goofy, goofy sport camping. ones yeah. uh, that were in the, that used to be in the back of uh, Casey's. Casey's. Those yeah. are, yeah. 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 Um, so I like a lot of that old stuff, um, you know, and, and then you get into stuff that's old, but not classic. You know, the Apple Dumpling Gang from the mid 70s, which is one of my favorite movies okay. as, a, as a kid growing up is on there. Um, a lot of the Kurt Russell stuff from the 60s. Uh, Who did the love bug? Uh, there's an episode on there of uh, The Wonderful World of Color, mm-hmm. which was uh, th- th- debuted two days after Walt Disney died. Right. And, um, and it's funny because at the end, Kurt Russell appears. As, right. And it, you know, so it's pretty funny that, you know, Kurt Russell, the, the, the computer wore tennis shoes, you know. Yeah. Uh, young like that. From- and, then, and then you realize, like, how long he's actually been a part of Disney. Right. You know, he started doing Disney movies in like 66, 67. And if you look all the way through to Guardians of the Galaxy 2, um, you know, what right. was that, two, two, three years yeah. ago? So he's got a 50-year career with Disney. With Disney. With- to, uh, to jump back for a second, because I finally got a reply, uh, it took Bree a total of eight hours over three different phone calls. Uh, they have not been able to restore her regular account link to her normal Disney because as everyone knows, mm-hmm. it's one right. account for everything. So they set her up with a secondary email address and they're giving her uh, you know, a free month. Oh. They're, they're, they're extending their free month. Six dollars. Yes. For the trouble that uh, mm-hmm. she is having. So she's up and running but with a, with a workaround. Wow. So that's kind of the biggest problem yeah, I, I think that some people also encountered issues where when you created your your Disney Plus account, um, you know, like I signed in. I, I have multiple Disney accounts. I've got my travel agent account. I've got my personal account. Um, you got the one Cheryl doesn't know about? The, yeah, the, the one that I buy all my tickets on. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it asked me when I logged in to create a new password. And then it said your new password will be for, you know, all of your accounts across the Disney right, you know, platforms. platforms. But when I go to log in... I'm still using when I log into other Disney accounts like my Disney Experience. It's using the original password, not the password that I just modified it to. So it's. I think that the back end stuff is still a little still clingy. working. Yeah. Um, but you know, I can access the system. We we've done it on TVs and laptops and um, yeah, I've done phone, tablets, and phones. Uh, Xbox is how Xbox. I have it on my TV downstairs, upstairs. It's on the Roku. Uh, it's on my phone and stuff like that. Very so. disappointed that I cannot get it. There is no app for my PC. Okay. Now, Netflix has a little app that I can get through the Microsoft Store. But if I go to the Microsoft Store, I can only get an app for Xbox One. Um, and my TiVo does not have an app. Really? So, uh, yeah. The, apparently, the TiVo, I think the TiVo is, is small. Yeah, I think the TiVo is dead technology at this point. Yeah, so uh, I can't get to it that way. So, I've got to... Can't get know. an app on your Atari 2600 either? No, no. My... Uh, <laughs> You know, I end up having to go out back into the t- turn on the actual TV as opposed to the, uh, the the TiVo box, and then go to the smart hub and pull an app off the TV, and it's just it's it's a little it's a lot it's, it's a, a lot it's, it's a, a Mickey lot. Mouse solution yes you know uh, but it's a solution that I'm enjoying okay um, I think you know I got to the point where I wasn't watching a lot of television or shows I had a very select few shows on Netflix that I would watch and this has put me back down. In front of the screen again. Yeah. 
Uh, so with that, let's uh, let's hit the original programming. All, All right. right. So obviously, I think I speak for both of us when I say that the our favorite show. Am I saying? Am I? That's right. Are you agreeing with me? High School Musical, the musical, yes. the series. High School Musical series. It's been it's been mind boggling. Uh, <laughs> No, as a matter of fact, Dave and I are recording right now, and normally we gaze into each other's eyes yes. as we as we talk. But now he's looking into my eyes, and then looking over my shoulder, and then looking at my eyes, and looking up over my shoulder, and looking at my eyes. And it's because he has the Mandalorian playing in the background. And I, I, I wow, uh, you know, I think as we think of Michael Eisner saving Disney, I think we're going to think of uh, John uh, John Favreau Favreau saving Star Wars. For now, uh, yeah, you know, it's funny because I, you know, we have a, in the in the firehouse we have a joke that says that there's two things firemen hate, and it's the, the way things are and when things change, right? It's the two biggest things. And Star Wars fans are the same way, right? Right? There's two things Star Wars fans hate. You know, they hate change and they hate things the way they are. Mm-hmm. It's like you know, the the. I don't know the trash, the 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 hostilities towards the new movies. You know, are are just so absurd online that this is actually now like the the naysayers can't naysay this and they don't know what to do. Right. Um, as we know, you know, the Mandalorian is a western. It's the old gunslinger uh, brought out into to futuristic times, if you will, into a time actually a long time ago. Which it, it's funny how often westerns translate to science fiction because the whole concept, you know, talking science fiction, Star Star Trek. Yep. Is actually like a wagon train, like a like a stagecoach type of thing, where they're going out to new territories, and you know, conceptually, it's still a western. Correct. Um, but this, the lone gunslinger, you know, it's it's a theory that works. It's a formula that works. My, I don't want to say my problem with it, but you know, we as children of the '60s and '70s, you know, we grew up with appointment television. You know, you knew that. Saturday night at 8 o'clock, you were going to watch Different Strokes. And then at 8.30, you were going to watch Facts of Life. And if your family decided that you were going to go to the Fireman's Ball, well, and that was from 7 to 9 or 7 to 10, well, you know what? You missed Different Strokes and Facts of Life. And you could catch it again when it comes around in reruns in April. Right. Um, And that's the way we were brought up. And all shows were a half hour or an hour long. If it was a movie, it was two hours. And now, like, I look at my girls... They know nothing about appointment television because no, everything, no. <laughs> you know, they've been, they've had DVRs their whole life. Yep. So everything's, everything's kind of been on demand for them. Um, you know, you don't have to be on the couch Saturday nights at eight o'clock because you can watch different strokes whenever you want to because it's just on a hard drive. Um, and now with the Mandalorian, you know, I, I sit down and I watch it and I'm like, well, it was, it was only 38 minutes. Yeah. And that's been online. That has been the biggest complaint. And then Is you it- realize those 38 minutes, five of those minutes were credits. Right. So now it's 32 minutes. And then if you take out each episode, the amount of time that he is walking, <laughs> you know, that's like four minutes an yep. episode. So now you're down to, I don't know what, 20, you know, 28 minute episodes. You're looking at a four hour movie. Right. When it's all said and done, you know, you're looking at a four hour movie. Um, you know, the, the, I think one of the oddest things about the Mandalorian, and as we know, the Mandalorian, uh, religion does not allow them to take their helmet off. So it, it's kind of, uh, interesting that you have a hero that no one knows what he looks like. Right. Um, I mean, they could have cast you or I for that. They could have. I mean, you know, uh, I like the, the supporting characters thus far have been very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, Carl Weathers yeah. coming back, you know, you haven't seen him in a while and, and. Uh, I, I like his character. I like the way he's playing him. Uh, Nick Nolte, 
I have spoken. It was a great right. character. Uh, they're they're doing a good job of hitting the fandom with like you know the first episode he was frozen in carbonite. Right. Uh, you know he saw the the actual carbonite chamber in his ship. Uh, yeah. The Jawas are back. Yeah. You know, in a different planet, but they still have Jawas. Life Life Day gets a shout out. Yep. Life know. Day. Yeah. So it, it's it's been uh, we finally see the disintegration weapon that they they hint at in the Empire Strikes Back. Yep. Um. So you know. I just I am a big fan of it. I've watched it. I you know like you said we're watching it right now. Right. Uh, you know I, I'm a big fan, and I think that it was a great launch for the the channel mm-hmm. uh, with season two greenlit. The Obi Wan unnamed Obi Wan Kenobi show right. coming up. Right. Um, Cassian Andor. The Cassian Andor show coming up. Coming up. Yep. Yeah. So you know I think you're going to see a lot of Star Wars on Disney Plus. And that's and that's a good thing, yeah. you know. Provided they keep the quality, correct. Um, I watched The Mandalorian, and while I know it is on a small screen, and you know, even though TVs are getting larger, and you know, I'm watching on a 75 inch screen or 65 inch screen, that's still considered small compared to a movie theater, correct. Um, but I think this is a small screen show that has a very big screen feel. Yes, uh, I think the special effects have been movie quality. Yep. Um, which is one of the reasons they say for the short run times. Right. Is that the fact that they are, they're, they're producing it as a movie. Uh-huh. So they're making a four-hour movie. Uh, and again, the the cost, you know, it's the most expensive series created. Uh, it, it's got a movie budget. Yeah. You know? And, and yeah, I, I just, I think they're doing a real good job. Speaking of movies, have you watched any of the movies? Uh, the, the Noel or I, Lady the, and the Tramp? Lily and one of her friends watched Noel the other night. We walked in midway through it. Um, so I have not watched it wholly. Um, Lady and the Tramp, I think we're, we're trying to get a family night to yeah, do we, it. Yeah, we have not watched either of those yet. Uh, you know, looking forward to it, especially Lady and Tramp, the live action. Uh, but yet to watch the, the movies. Uh-huh. Um, we we have watched the world. Cheryl and I have watched the world according to Jeff Goldblum. Okay, yeah. So I I, what do you think? He's very quirky. Yes, and he's always been known as kind of the oddball. The first episode was based on sneaker culture, which is a culture that I just don't understand. I, now, I'm not. See, of, I I don't understand how you can't understand it. I'm not of that age. Okay, I. I See, I understand buying a comic book right, for two hundred fifty thousand dollars. It's the same thing, but I don't understand. And maybe it's because you know you hear stories about Nick Cage buying you know uh, Detective Twenty Eight, right. you know Detective Twenty Seven for how many hundred thousand dollars? And I get that. But then I watched this sneaker con episode, and uh, Cheryl looked at me because they have like this thirteen year old kid that just pulled out like this wad of like hundreds. To buy sneakers. Yeah. And the kid's dropping money on, on, on that. And, you know, we have a an acquaintance, uh, not really a friend, but she's got two boys who are probably 20, 21, and one of them is into sneakers. And he goes to SneakerCon every year, which is their convention in New York City, and is just into it. But I just don't I, – I don't get the culture. Okay. Now, that, now being, that being said, yeah. um, I watched the episode as a whole um, – and Jeff Goldblum has that certain characteristic to him where you know he's kind of like a know-it-all. You know you know he's like a prissy know-it-all. Um, I enjoyed it. Cheryl thought that he was playing it up too much. Like, I want the real Jeff Goldblum. If that's the way Jeff Goldblum is, okay, yeah, he's a jazz musician. He's an actor. He does that. But he's he just kind of like – it's Jeff Goldblum playing Jeff Goldblum. 
Okay. You know, I, I really want Jeff Goldblum. And, and I think of Jeff Goldblum as the Disney, Disney Plus answer to Alton Brown from the Food Network. And I don't know if you've watched any of Alton Brown's yeah. shows, yep. but Alton Brown is the guy who knows about cooking. And that's, that's his gig. And he's kind of offbeat as well. But I think the Alton Brown you see on camera is Alton is Brown. Alton Brown. Okay. And, and I'm just not sure that I get that. You feel like Jeff Goldblum is trying too hard to be Jeff Goldblum. Right. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Fair enough. Like, is there a better Jeff Goldblum than Jeff Goldblum? Right. Because Jeff Goldblum is trying to be better. Right. Okay. Understood. Yeah. I mean, I enjoyed it. I've only watched the sneaker episode. I thought it was good. Uh, I can see your point of him playing, trying to play up uh, the sneaker thing. Like I said, Tony, it's comic books, you know. Uh, but see, if it was a show about comic books, if it was an episode about comic books, I would have understood it. Okay. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe we need to translate it. To- like this guy who designs the sneakers with the fabrics and the sneaker doctor. I just. You know, it's, it's actually funny. But Katie and her aunt Kathy went up to Newport or up to Rhode Island last week for a book signing for this mm. author. And I said to her, don't ever make fun of me again for going to a comic book show. <laughs> right? I said, you, you just drove up to the middle of Rhode Island to get an autograph from a, a, a you know an author. Right. I'm like, and then you'll make fun of me for driving somewhere to get an autograph from an author of my book. Right. I go, but, you know. So, uh, yeah, the Jeff Bloom has been a popular one, but I think probably the best, uh, if you will, documentary going right now is the Imagineering story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I think, too, uh, I had someone say to me last night at work, uh, I told him how much I liked it and how much I was a big fan of it. And I said, you know, he said, yeah, but you're also into Disney, where I'm really not. Uh, so... To me, it's just a documentary. Like, I, right. and I, I said, okay, I, you know, a good, uh, valid point made. But, uh, you know, I, again, there's three episodes, and they kind of start off with the Disneyland, going to Disney World, and then, uh, you know, post-Disney World, uh, Disneyland Paris, and the Michael Eisner era is where we're Right. And, right. and it, it seems and, to... Whoop, there goes. I just activated my Disney+. Plus. Um, it, it seems to be, you know, they're taking it in terms of decades. Uh, yeah. Which is, which is nice. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously the first episode with Walt covering, uh, you know, from the creation of Disneyland uh, up until his death, you know, that was like a 13, 14 year gap uh, that they covered. Um, really good. Uh, you know, I, I was fine. It's like we all know how it's going to end. Right. You know, and and I was fine until Bob Gurr started crying. And, and I'm not really a big Bob Gurr fan because if you listen to Bob Gurr talk over, you know, you're like me. You've probably watched countless Disney documentaries over the years and Bob Gurr in Bob Gurr's mind happens to be like Walt's right hand man right you know um, and who knows how much of that is true but it's like without me you know there wouldn't be a monorail without me there wouldn't be a Matterhorn you know this should be Gurland, not right. not Disneyland is kind of what I get from him sometimes okay but to actually listen to him like get choked up when he talks about Walt's passing yeah like that kind of like and like right there like the waterworks well for me. it's it's you know it's a thing too of of bringing it down to like a, a personal level you know like we grew up and in, in idolizing and and you know in Walt Disney and the fact that there are still a lot of people out there that knew him that worked with him right you know I mean you, you talk about uh you know, he passed away in the late 60s. And the fact that, you know, uh, I was reading a day on Facebook where they asked if anyone, you know, in a Facebook group ever met Walt Disney. Mm-hmm. And the amount of people that, you know, had pictures with him from being in Disneyland or, you know, were all over. It, it's pretty impressive. And, and you know, again, to, to, to his team, to his people, to his Imagineers, his employees, you know, they, they you know, they, they I don't want to say they worshipped him, but they... 
you know, they, they worshipped him. I mean, he was right. the boss. He ran right. the company, and his his vision was so forward-thinking and, and so creative that uh, you could see losing. And, and you see in the documentaries, you know, when, when Walt passes, the company declines for a while. Right. And, and even, you know, uh, it, it, he was the creative genius. And we, you know, and again, and even in the Disney world, how many times, I mean, the Disney world nowadays, do we say, well, what would Walt do? Right. You know, or, or, you know, like we always say, the cycle of a change in Disney. They announce that tomorrow they're going to paint the castle green. First thing that happens is, you know. People complain right. that they're painting the castle what, green. Right. People complain that what would Walt do? Then right. we're going to do a petition. They all come back to, okay, it's not bad. Oh, my God. Green is right. such a nice color. But, you know, I, I just think that it's it humanizes the the myth of Walt Disney a little right. bit. When you see these the, his coworkers and his peers and, and his stuff talk about the energy he had and the charisma mm-hmm. and and – you know how he directed them, and and you know I I do a lot of uh, reading and research and studying on leadership because of my my job and because of the situations we're put in, and it, it's funny I, I try to find uh, examples in books on leadership not from Walt Disney Company because there literally is a school that you can go to you know no matter what career path you're in where they teach you the Disney way and Disney right. leadership, right. but like Walt's personal style and when you hear. The Imagineers talk about how he would come into the room, walk around to everybody, and point out one or two things different that he would do that always seemed to make sense and were always right and always worked. And, you know, I, I don't remember which one of the Imagineers it was. Shortly after Walt died, uh, someone said something about, you know, Walt uh, not really doing a lot of work around the Imagineering where he kind of just came in. And one of the Imagineers fired back with, you, we're all going to realize how much work Walt did now that he's gone. Right. And he said, and it was something that they took a hit with. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. I mean, it just, it humanizes him. It puts, you know, again, we we worship Walt Disney as an idol. I mean, right. you know, there's gold, there's statues of him. There's, yeah. there's everywhere you go. It's, you know, and to bring it back to human level is, you know, a different take on it. Right. And and I think really, you know, I'd like to see a follow-up documentary on on just Walt, you know, Walt's life. And and PBS ran a really good one. It's a four-hour one on his life uh, a few years ago. Um, I'm amazed the inner workings of of Imagineering, uh, the company, the Disney company. You know, we all know about uh, Walt and Roy, how they ran the company together. And Roy was the financial guy and Walt was the the idea man and, you know, how well that worked for them. And then after Walt's passing, you know, Card Walker and whatever the other guy's name was. And then Ron Disney, who was just really like a figurehead. And then the Eisner-Wells era began. And and I didn't realize – I didn't realize the actual amount of work that Frank Wells did. Like I hear about Frank Wells and when I went to the Disney Studios in Burbank, they have the Frank Wells building – um, which we got to go into because that's where the uh, archives were and, and it was really cool. And it's like now you see, you know, that things work well, it seems like. It, it's almost like when there's a Jedi and an apprentice or right. a, a light and a dark. And like, you know, I'm the idea guy, you're the money guy, and we need to work things right. together because I didn't really realize how much Eisner was a creative guy. Like you think of Eisner for his business savvy. But, you know, watching this thing about them creating Hollywood Studios, they're saying that like Eisner was there like – Every day with a hard hat on and, and making suggestions and you know. I like the uh, I like the part with his son. I can't remember what ride it was, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, but I he you know if you haven't watched it yet, he brought his son with him to one of the proposals. He was fourteen years old, 
And the Imagineers were talking to them. They said, like, oh, my God, like, the fate of this project rests on a 14-year-old shoulder. Right. He says, but then as Imagineers, we realized that's that's what we are. That's who we're catering to. Yeah. He's like, and thankfully his son liked it, so yeah. we got the thumbs yeah. up. But, yeah, I, think, I, I think that was Tony Baxter talking about yeah, uh, yeah. Splash Mountain. Yeah, Splash Mountain. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, but, again, uh, I, I like it. I hope there's more to come. Uh, you know, and, again, there's still a plethora of – original content being made. Mm-hmm. Like we said, just from the Star Wars alone, Cassie and Andor, Obi-Wan, uh, another season of The Mandalorian. Right. And, and, you um, know, I wouldn't be surprised if we're going to see some behind-the-scenes Star Wars shows yep. on the on the sagas. We haven't even hit the Marvel wave, if you will, right. coming up. Yep. So. Um, I, I know that they're getting ready to do... There's another... It's a 52-episode series called One Day at Disney. Yes. Where they're going to be highlighting different Disney employees from guys like... You know, Joe Rohde and uh, Imagineers to, you know, a photo pass photographer on Main Street. Right. Uh, the thing that uh, made me a little sad is, once again, these are very short episodes. They're only going to be five to seven minutes each. Right. Um, but it's going to be spread out over a 52-week period. Um you know, and Disney's doing their weekly releases. Uh, you know, the Forky miniseries, the Ask Forky, Forky, Ask Forky. Um, has has been pretty funny. Um, so, so there's been a lot of a lot of content that I've enjoyed so far, um, and I'm looking for forward to more. Yeah. So. Yeah. Now, you know, when you when you look at the numbers, uh, when you look at the numbers, um, Disney had 10 million people sign up that first, that first day. day. Incredible. Um, they're looking at 50, I believe 50 million over the first four years. Um, you know, of those 10 million signing up, not everybody's paying for it. Correct. Uh, a lot of people got a year free, free from Verizon. Yeah. Um, some people of those 10 million, I'm sure, were just signed up for the free week preview. Yep. So it would be interesting to see what their subscription numbers are. But Disney said that they will not be releasing any of their numbers. Anytime soon. Correct. Uh, anytime soon. Um, so, yeah, it, it's it's been a win. For, for Disney, and, and I hope the content uh, just continues to astound us and, and get, bring us joy. Now, uh, I guess in closing, I uh, I want to know, what are your uh, thoughts of the Baby Yoda? Uh, Baby Yoda is cute, and uh, I got a big kick out of the fact that uh, somebody put out a comic, and it was like a little sheep, you know, a cute little sheep. And it said, uh, Baby Groot on the side of him. And the person was just staring at him, like, very cute and longingly. And the next frame was the same. It was Baby Groot. And then all of a sudden, the hand reached out and pushed the baby sheep away because there was a little cuter <laughs> baby sheep. And it said Baby Yoda on it. So, um, yeah, Baby Yoda is adorable. I think Baby Yoda is going to be the biggest mystery in the Star Wars universe. And, and Baby Yoda is about to flood the market with merchandise. That's it. It's coming. It's yeah. like a tidal wave. Yeah. So, so, so get ready. Yes. Um, so, uh, you know, if you guys have been watching Disney Plus, uh, feel free to comment. Let us know what shows you're enjoying. Let us know what you think of the service. And, um, yeah, that's, that's it that's for pretty much Disney it for Plus. Today. All yeah. right. So, uh, until next time, I'm Tony. I'm David. And, and you've been are... listening. Oh. When, when did we start that? I'm, I'm, going, I'm going to a different podcast. Oh, closing. okay. I'm like, uh, and All don't right. forget to like us on Facebook and Instagram. That's uh, right. Follow us on those things, too. And uh, go ahead, Tony. Our Facebook group. Okay, so let's try this and right. close it properly. So until next time, I'm Tony. I'm David. And, and we're, we're Two Dudes Talking, talking Disney. Disney.